Hello and welcome to Digital Health Unfiltered. For this episode, Sadipto and I are happy to welcome the new Chief Medical Officer at Sword Health, Dr. Vijay Yanabadala. Thank you very much for having me. It's a privilege to be here with both of you and looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, uh, nice to meet you, Vijay. Uh, thanks to uh, in our incognito friend here, uh, Kevin, who uh, used to be an ex-colleague of mine to, to make the introductions. Uh, glad you can join us. So, you know, let's get rolling. Tell a little, little bit. Tell us a little bit about Sword, about yourself, your background. Absolutely. So, you know, I'll start uh, just introducing myself. I'm actually a neurosurgeon by training. Um, um, I specialize in spine surgery, and really, um, my focus is, uh, you know, revision spine surgery. That's my passion. But unfortunately, I see all too many patients who come in to me after six surgeries when sometimes they never needed that first surgery that they had. Wow. You know, and I think that's really, that's really sad state. It's not because people are doing the wrong thing. It's because we have a lot of variability, uncertainty in spine care and musculoskeletal care today. Um, So my personally, I've thought over the past 10 years, a lot about the landscape of musculoskeletal care in this country. Um, work that my group has done over the past five years. We published a paper in 2017 and more recently just this past month that show that more than 50% of spine surgeries that are done in this country are unnecessary. Wow. Yeah. They don't ultimately benefit people. And unfortunately, we neglect the least invasive care like physical therapy uh, because we focus a lot in the United States on procedures like injections and surgeries. Um, so, you know, it's my goal and my hope, really, and this is why I joined Sword Health. I want to see a world in which the least invasive care, uh, which is arguably also the highest value care, things like physical therapy, take a front and center role in how we solve musculoskeletal conditions today. And I also want to see more people getting access to the right care that they need. And so, you know, Sword Health is a company uh, that's now been um, around for about seven years, founded by our founder, Virgilio V. Bento. And he really saw the lack of access to physical therapy personally. His brother was uh, injured and was actually comatose for almost a year, after which he required really intensive physical therapy. And uh, they lived in Portugal, and they had to go three hours to get access to good physical therapy and just was not, uh, you know, a way to really get him the physical therapy that he needed. So Sword Health is a company that offers digital physical therapy. Um, What I mean by digital physical therapy is physical therapy done virtually. So done remotely with the assistance of an artificial intelligence based digital physical therapist. That is ultimately Um, you know, um, uh, coordinated by our doctors of physical therapy at SWORD. So I'm I'm really excited to to learn uh, more about the platform. And what I've read uh, is really impressive. But let me ask you, as someone new to the company, um, because I I believe you, you, I just saw the press release uh, a few months ago as chief medical officer, but Yes, are that's you, right in February. So it's been just over three months. Yeah. Are you are you going to be maintaining your your surgical practice, given given your training and your background? 
Yes. So actually, I'm continuing my surgical practice. Uh, this was actually very important for me and for SWORD. I think it's very important uh, in this role for me to have real world practical uh, you know, knowledge that I maintain uh, through my active clinical practice. And that was what SWORD was looking for as well. I think as clinicians, sometimes we lose that touch quickly. You know, I think especially in rapidly changing space like musculoskeletal care and spine care, you know, a year after we leave practice, I think, uh, you know, practice has changed enough that we're no longer, uh, you know, fully up to date. So yeah, yeah. Now, kudos. An area that I love, you know, uh, you know, I definitely love practicing medicine and practicing surgery. It's you know. now good for you and all that training. I'm glad, uh, glad you're still on the front lines. Thank you. As I was preparing for this um, for this discussion, Vijay, you know, I I I read some stats, something that about one fifth of GDP in the U.S. is spent on healthcare, and one sixth of that cost is on musculoskeletal MSK issues and so on. So I don't know if you agree with that kind of a breakdown, but does it, you know, I don't understand that space too well, but does it then get further subdivided into specific areas? Is it more spent on back pain or knee or hip surgeries or spine surgeries? Give us a state of the state around that. Great. So no, I mean, fantastic question. Something I think about a lot, you know, in 2016, the aggregated health category with the highest spend was musculoskeletal disorders. So that was $380.9 billion that was spent in 2016. That number has now topped $400 billion in spend. And more importantly, it's doubled between 2010 and 2020. 50% of that spend is in back pain and, and, uh, and spine care. Um, but obviously, that's, uh, you know, 50% in joints. Uh, what we know is that the utilization of spine surgery has gone up eightfold over the course of a decade between 2008 and 2018. Wow. Um, so, you know, a large proportion of the spend is definitely due to surgical utilization. Um, but... You know, what we're really seeing is overall that spend has just uh, been increasing. And it is now, you know, as I mentioned, the number one uh, area, uh, you know, the highest um, uh, aggregated uh, spend today. Wow. And so it, you were telling us about the core of the uh, offerings from SWORD, it's like a virtual physical therapy. Uh, so for new patients for the onboarding, like what, what can they expect? Uh, do they get a package in the mail? Do they get like the, the devices? Uh, walk us through that, please. Perfect. So when a person signs up, we actually do a very rigorous intake and we want to understand actually what the source of their pain is. If they have red flags, you know, things like neurological, um, you know, um, symptoms that uh, are like weakness, numbness, uh, progressive deficits. So our doctors of physical therapy actually spend a lot of time looking through their intake form and actually also talking with that person in order to understand their current condition, in order to understand, first, are they a candidate for digital physical therapy? We find about 2 to 3% of people actually are not because they need in-person physical therapy because they can benefit from manual physical therapy, or they might be at a fall risk, or they might have a progressive neurological condition that needs to be evaluated by a physician first. Um, so then our physical therapists take it one step further. And this is why it's so important for this work to be done by a doctor or physical therapist. They really then try to understand 
Um, is it mostly neck pain that also incorporates arm pain? Is it back pain that also incorporates extremity pain? What kind of kit are they going to benefit from? And we actually send them the appropriate kit based on their pain, their pain generators, and the clinical assessment by our doctor of physical therapy. So then they get a kit in the mail. This kit has a tablet that actually is a locked tablet, can only be used for our program and actually includes our own proprietary operating system so that it can't be hacked. It can't be, um, you know, and this is important in this day and age. We know, uh, you know, hacking of healthcare systems is real. Yeah. Uh, so we take that very seriously in terms of just really um, uh, creating a self-contained um um, you know, program. So it includes the tablet, includes the sensors that they need. Depending on the body part, uh, there might be two to, to five sensors that they get. And these are wearable sensors that um, people put on that then actually uh, calibrate the program and give feedback to our doctors of physical therapy. The right. sensors have three components. They have a gyroscope, an accelerometer, and a magnetometer that basically allows us to measure in all three planes with high accuracy down to one degree of motion, uh, the exact uh, accuracy of the motion that that uh, member is going through. And that feedback then goes to our doctor of physical therapy, who then understands are they doing the exercise in the right way? Are they doing the exercise potentially in a damaging way that we need to correct immediately? Um, and what can they do as doctors of physical therapy to better tailor the next exercise program so that that patient is getting the maximal benefit? So very, very interactive. Yeah. Yeah. There's an interactive component with our doctors of physical therapy where they uh, provide both synchronous and asynchronous communication with our uh, patients. Mm. And then um, we have a cognitive behavioral therapy component as well. To this. Yeah, I noticed this this big emphasis on, on mental health, which uh, was maybe not uh, necessarily what you'd expect. For a company focused on musculoskeletal pain, you really seem to be making that link between orthopedic issues and things like depression and anxiety. You know, what we know, and this is really, really um, steeped in the literature, right? Physical health and mental health go hand in hand. Um, you know, if we only focus on improving pain without understanding how depression and anxiety feed into the chronic nature of physical pain, it's really deleterious. And what we see is with a comprehensive program like this that includes both the physical component as well as the CBT, we're seeing improvements in pain scores. On average, from beginning to end of a program at SWORD, we see a 55% improvement in pain scores, and that is accompanied by a 50% reduction in mental health uh, you know, anxiety scores by GAD7 and depression scores by PHQ9. So these go hand in hand, and our data once again demonstrates that we need to have a comprehensive approach if we really are to get these people with chronic pain better. That's, uh, that's so interesting and uh, very forward thinking of, of SWORD. I, I got to ask, like, do you ever detect patients that, you know, are at risk of clinical depression? And like, do, does SWORD make referrals or recommendations for, for psychiatric care? 
Absolutely. You know, and this is where we know we can't be siloed in care, right? We need to make sure that people are getting the right care, whether it is for their anxiety, depression, whether it is for obesity or diabetes that are contributing to their chronic pain picture. Um, so we really work within the ecosystem. For example, if we work with an employer, we partner with that employer to understand, you know, what solution they're using for mental health, what solution they're using for obesity uh, and diabetes care. Um, same thing with health plans. We integrate with them so that when we identify people who have moderate or severe depression, we're getting them the right care. When we have people who have anxiety, we're getting them the right care. When we have people who have obesity, we're getting them the right care. So this is about partnering within that ecosystem um, you know, with an employer or with uh, a health plan or with a health system to make sure that that patient is getting the right care. That's interesting. You know, I mean, chronic health is an area that I think Nick and I know, um, you know, quite a decent amount. You know, we, back in our past lives, we worked on <laughs> management, had, uh, high blood pressure, et cetera. So, you know, as you're talking about mental health, some, some kind of questions pop in into our minds as to how they, the same concepts move over to the space of musculoskeletal here. So would love to get your thoughts on some of those areas. Maybe the first one would be, compliance with protocols, because when you're living with something day in, day out, you know, it becomes so much more difficult to uh, comply with those things. You know, we, we battled with medication adherence and so many companies came out and, and, and tried to attack that area. Of course, diabetes management is huge. What are your thoughts on that, Nijay? Absolutely. And I think that's what we see in chronic pain. Look, you know, as a spine surgeon, I see people with back pain. On average, they follow through with four sessions of physical therapy. And then they quit because of the problems with timing, uh, transportation, logistics, and, you know, people want a quick fix. Uh, you know, I think these are the problems we're trying to solve with SWORD. You know, more than 50% of our patients do physical therapy after hours, uh, nights and weekends. You know, so we're really about delivering it in the comfort of your own home and on your own time. It's all about engagement. You know, we can't just say, go home and do your exercises. We know that doesn't work. This is about staying engaged with that doctor of physical therapy so that they're providing real-time feedback. They're providing motivation, support, encouragement. And we know all of these things are important to driving engagement and, you know, the stick to you know, of a program. You know, it's, it's really all about that that maintenance of engagement, then that's what we're seeing. You know, on average, people do 31 sessions with SWORD compared to what I just said, four yeah, sessions sure. of in-person yeah. therapy. That's fascinating. That's impressive. Um, Vijay, talk a little bit about the other aspects that, you know, really similar chronic uh, conditions to space, which is, you know, access by low-income populations. Because, you know, anecdotally, we know that a lot of the digital solutions get uh, used by people who have smartphones, iPhones, and so on with strong Wi-Fi and cell signals. And there's still varying studies, studies around that. But how, how do you guys think about it? Uh, thank you. Actually, you know, this is something we think about a lot. You know, it's, you know, right, health equity, our underserved uh, urban communities, like the Bronx here in the New York area, rural communities that don't have access, you know, how do we get them the right care? One thing we do at SWORD is anyone who does not have 
good Wi-Fi connectivity, we actually send them a mobile hotspot so that we actually are making sure that everyone has the right access. As I mentioned, we are sending a locked tablet. So everyone gets that tablet no matter where you are, uh, no matter what access you might have to a smart device or not. So this is really about leveling the playing field, democratizing, you know, uh, musculoskeletal care. And we take that very seriously. You know, what we know is that underrepresented minorities, African-American and Hispanic populations have worse outcomes in the MSK space. On average, they come to an MSK provider with pain that's twice as severe as the average. What we see at SWORD is you know, people are coming, you know, exactly in line with that. But what we're seeing is much better improvements in pain scores with our African-American and Hispanic populations compared to um, what we see with uh, in-person physical therapy. And I think a lot of that happens to be the engagement that we have. Um, members are able to pick their doctor of physical therapy. So they're able to pick who they feel most comfortable with among our group of physical therapists. And that doctor of physical therapist, um, doctor of physical therapy keeps them engaged. And, um, you know, ultimately we supply them the hotspot and other, other, um, you know, things that it enables them to really keep up with their program. So it's yeah. really important. Yeah, that, that's great. When, I mean, so many potential connectivity issues and, uh, you know, syncing devices and installing apps and stuff. So it sounds like you've, you've taken that uh, off the table as a, as a potential roadblock. So kudos. Yeah, certainly. I mean, as, as I said, you know, uh, there are certain areas that Nick and I feel more comfortable about. You know, <laughs> RPM is, is one of them. So we can chat with you for another like 45 minutes. You know, you at the uh, beginning, you sort of talked about, how the patients are given devices. There's, you know, you take out the the the, the friction or the complication. So it seems with pairing them with the tablets, you have your own proprietary software and so on. So that's really fascinating. Um, tell us a little bit, like, you know, is do these devices do they need to be FDA approved? Like, what's the market looking like? Are they considered therapeutics in that sort of sense? So we have actually in the market the only FDA listed technology. So we went through that process of actually getting it FDA listed. You know, we felt that, that was important because we wanted to ensure that we have done the rigorous clinical trials behind it, um, you know, to demonstrate its efficacy, demonstrate its safety, demonstrate its utilization. And we've done that. I think that's an important part of it. Um, you know, the other thing is, you know, these, these, um, Devices really are um, providing real-time feedback to the patient, and they're providing real numerical data back to our doctors of physical therapy who are using the, that data to actually devise the clinical programs in a very clinically rigorous manner. So we have actually um, a number of clinical trials um, that have demonstrated that actually the results with SWORD are faster than with in-person physical therapy. And uh, this is this is measured by the timed up and go test, uh, which is a classic test in physical therapy. Um, and I think the reason for that is we see better engagement, more engagement, more sessions being done per week, and this very very tailored approach to their physical therapy. Yeah, I wonder. You know, when I when I see like the the bundle of offerings uh, that Sword provides, like whether it's the the app and the chat and video calls and the the cognitive behavioral therapy like um how do you uh 
isolate these components uh, so that you know what's what's providing uh, most of the value, or is it like a is it a complete package kind of thing? You know, it is it is hard to isolate because we do have various components, right? And what we were really going after is how do we provide that comprehensive solution that is going to keep people engaged, improve scores, and really improve their physical health. Um, so this is the package that we came up with. We as a company are all about continuous process improvement. We're constantly analyzing our data, constantly understanding who's benefiting, who's not. How do we improve our programs to ensure that everyone's getting that maximum benefit? So it's an evolution. And as it should be, you know, this is about how do we create the most efficient, but also at the same time, most effective program. Well, I uh, salute you for uh, salute your company for going down the peer reviewed path uh, and publishing your findings in uh, the literature for everyone to be able to review and scrutinize. I was impressed to see even your your CEO is uh, is an author on a lot of your papers. So that's uh, that's impressive. And this goes right back to his philosophy. We want to be the most clinically rigorous solution in this field. You know, this is all about making sure that we have a clinical grade solution. This is not about providing, you know, kind of wellness care. This is about high grade physical therapy to get people better in the right way. Yeah. Well, I I can't help but notice like all the the patients I see in the emergency department with chronic musculoskeletal pain, you know, and and they've tried various uh, medications and they've, you know, tried rest and maybe watch some YouTube videos and stuff, but uh, the physical therapist, so crucial to this step, um, is it going to scale? Are there enough physical therapists in the world to meet, to meet this demand? You know, that's such an important question. Um, you know, there are 125 million Americans with chronic pain uh, and there are 30,000 physical therapists. So what we know is Physical therapists are a scarce resource. Their training, their expertise is something that we need to really um, maximize in terms of the ability of the American public to get their benefit. And that's what SWORD is about. How do we use artificial intelligence, digital care in a way that maximizes the impact that any individual doctor physical therapy has? on um, on our patients at large. And th- that's what we're really trying to do. That's why we have the technology to augment the ability of our doctors of physical therapy to have that real world impact on our patients. And maybe one thing I wanted to just mention is just this concept of, of um, surgical utilization. And I just wanted to make sure we had a chance to just talk about that because, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning, I think, you know, up to 50% of our um, you know, spine surgeries in this country are unnecessary and potentially avoidable. And a large proportion of uh, total joint surgeries uh, fall in that same category. What we see with SWORD, we ask people, what is the likelihood that you would pursue a surgical option? We ask at the beginning and end of treatment. There is a 64% reduction in that number from the beginning to the end of treatment. Wow. Um, so that's patient reported, right? But we also see that in our claims-based data. We looked at a population of our um, uh, one of our early health plans. We looked at a population of their members that participated in SWORD and a propensity match cohort who did not. On average, uh, over the course of 12 months, the SWORD participants saved the health plan $2,500 compared to the non-SWORD participants. And the number one reason, reduction in surgical utilization over that period of time. So, you know, this 
this is really front and center to us. How do we get the appropriate care to more people in this country in the musculoskeletal space? And this is about democratizing physical therapy, improving access to physical therapy so that we can avoid unnecessary surgeries, unnecessary procedures, get people better in the least invasive manner possible. Yeah, fascinating. You know, Vijay, this has been you know, such a great conversation. We had like so many more questions for you. I wanted to get your perspective on the platform, the strategy, the state of the market and so on. But, you know, we'll, we'll definitely hit you up the next time for those items. We really appreciate your time. And I'm sure our audience will enjoy learning so much about a space that, you know, is so important, uh, but doesn't get probably as much airtime as, uh, as it's necessary. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a privilege and looking forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you. Thank you.